Confession time. I am not a natural born entrepreneur. Maybe you can relate to this. Are you an entrepreneur who feels like you don't really actually know what you're doing? Are you working really hard and still not making enough money? Or maybe you've had some success, but now you're overwhelmed and not sure where to scale and how to grow your business or just find a way to take a vacation. Have you ever caught yourself saying, I just need more followers or I need a bigger audience or bigger list before I can grow my business? Oh, girl, I hear you. Yes, yes, and yes. I am just as guilty as you, which is why I'm so excited about this episode because I brought in an expert. I have Lindsay Johnson here business coach extraordinaire, also known as the Radical Connector, and she's here on this episode to get us aligned and into effective action fast. Today's episode is all about why you don't need a bigger following to grow your business and how we can stop feeling so lost and overwhelmed. Lindsay shares with us what to focus on so we can make real money and you can make real money in your business today so you can work less and earn way more doing what you love. That sounds awesome, right? I mean, that's why we went into business. With over 20 years of business development experience, and yes, if you're doing the math on this, that means she was growing businesses way before Instagram, Facebook, and even YouTube. Lindsay is a business coach for first-time entrepreneurs, and I am here for it. By the end of this episode, you're going to hear the big mistakes that new entrepreneurs make and learn how to avoid them. We're going to talk about imposter syndrome and how that limits your success and what to do instead. We're also going to talk about the things you actually can do to make money in your business, the revenue generating activities that make a difference. Most of all, you are going to give yourself a break because building a business can be damn hard and we're here to support you in this journey. So listen in, take a big sigh of relief because my friend, it is not you. It's just what you're doing and that is all about to change. I know you're going to love this episode and Lindsay as much as I do. So listen up, Golden Girl. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Golden Girls Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and you guys, I'm so excited today to welcome a dear friend and the very first guest of Golden Girls Podcast ever, Lindsay Johnson. So Lindsay, thank you so much for being here today. Woo woo. Hi. <laughs> so you guys, Lindsay is a superstar and she works with entrepreneurs around the world who are brilliant, creative, driven, but are struggling to grow their businesses effectively. And she has over 20 years of business development, leadership training, marketing, and sales experience, which is incredible. And I know we are all going to learn so much from her. I know that a lot of entrepreneurs, we have no idea what we're doing. And so instead we focus on, and this is like me talking about me, we focus on what's sexy, which a lot of the time is social media. There's a lot of pressure to to be doing the right things, having the likes. But the question is like, what actually grows our business? And Lindsay is here to talk to us about what it actually takes. Whether you have 10 followers or 100,000, she's the girl to help you grow your business. So thank you so much for being here. 
Amazing, Lisa. I am super excited to be here. And honestly, I love this topic because yes, I have been doing this for 20 plus years. So I was, of course, teaching business development, sales and marketing before social media when the internet was still, you know, just kind of coming together. I don't even think YouTube was around yet. And so, you know, it's been really neat to see this progression of how we build our businesses and this, the, strength or the, or the speed at which we can grow with social media. But you know what? You're right. It is sexy and it is fun, but it's not what's going to grow our business, especially in those first few years. So I can't wait. We're going to, we're going to have some fun today here. Okay. I love that. And you know what? I have my business degree, which you guys listening might think that gives me an advantage. But when I learned too, there was no YouTube, there was no social media. And yet today it feels like all we're being told is that we need a bigger following. Um, so what are some of, I know you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see new entrepreneurs making? Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. You came <laughs> up with a really big question. Okay. So you know what? The number one mistake, the biggest, biggest mistake that I see first time entrepreneurs making is the busy work. They're getting caught up in the busy work. And that is often the over posting on social posting is fine but the overposting becomes a problem. Um, things like constantly working on their websites. Uh, a lot of times folks are doing the whole networking thing and, but you know, it's very, you know, unorganized and not strategic. And so there's just this whole movement of, I'm going to do everything I can possibly think of to make my business grow. And they're doing way too much. It's not organized. It's not strategic. It's not focused. And a lot of times it, it falls into that busy work category. I can relate to that so much. And I think I'm sure a lot of people listening are going to hear this too. And it's really interesting because a lot of other business coaches and experts quote that I've learned from, even Brendan Burchard, not to name names, he's fabulous by the way, and I love a lot of what he does. But one of the things that I've seen him share is like, you need to be posting to social media four times a day on each platform. And anyone who's tried to do that, that's overwhelming. Is that something that you would consider a mistake? Okay. Here's here's the thing, and, and y'all, you're going to learn this about me. Every time I ask a question, I'm going to say the same thing. It depends. It depends. It depends on your your business model. It depends on what you're doing, on how you grow, on where your revenue come from, comes from. If the main source of your revenue is from social media, then yes, it would make sense that you are doing a lot of work on social media and a lot of posting. But if you're like most first-time entrepreneurs and that is not where your revenue is coming from, you know, especially in those first few years, then that might be a mistake. There might be other things you can be doing. You know, someone like Brandon Bouchard, he has spent years, years developing his signature programs, understanding his market, understanding his value proposition. So what makes him stand out, why people would want to work with him, developing his products. So yeah, he wants to spend a lot of time on social media, of course, because he's got a big audience that he has been building with actual products that he knows are, are proven and that people want. So again, you know, where I really work is with that first time entrepreneur, somebody who's generally, you know, one to five years, somewhere in that range in their business, they don't have the audience yet. They don't even have their proprietary systems or programs. They don't know their market inside and out yet. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. And so a lot of times, no, posting four times a day on social media, it's not going to build your business, generally speaking. Now, I have to say, if you are an e-commerce business, if you are a real retail business who does a lot of business on social media, that's going to be different. So again, it just depends on the type of business you are, your business model, and your revenue streams. Mm, I love that. Thank you for clarifying. So helpful. 
So what are some of the other mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making? So I would say not niching is a really big one. And I got to tell you, I feel like the word niche has become a trigger word in the entrepreneurial landscape. Uh, Would you agree? (laughs) I'm feeling triggered, yeah. (laughs) I'm really excited actually to hear you talk about this because it's something that full disclosure, I've struggled with and I'm hoping to learn something from this too. So let's do it. Trigger trigger away. Let's dig into it. Okay. It really has become a trigger word because it, it, there's this like concept that this magical thing will happen that you, when you niche down, all these magical doors will open and everything will be so smooth. But the problem is, is we don't know how to niche. We don't know who our niche is. And we put all this pressure on ourselves. And so we have this like push pull of, who, you know, my work is for everybody. I can help everyone. My products are for everyone. And you know what? That's probably true. But as they say, if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. And so we do need to niche down. We do need to clarify, you know, who we want to work with. You know, I, I kind of, I kind of flip niching on its head. And I, I, ask, I really ask the people that come through my programs, who do you want to work with? What do you want to talk about all day? What are the problems you want to solve? Because there's niching on paper. You know, you create your avatar. You write down the list of there a, a female between the ages of 25 and 30 who likes to shop at Sephora or I don't know. Like we create this avatar. Where's Lululemon and drinks green juice. Right? It's like, okay, okay. Ah, like who cares? You know, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to talk about? Who do you want to work with? You know, I really want to work with, um, you know, women who are transitioning from um, a job they hate into a career they love, who are really struggling with imposter syndrome and feel like they can't do it, you know? And so, okay, we're already getting closer to just, she shops at Sephora and she wears Lululemon, you know? It's like, okay, we're starting to tap into the problem and the type of person she is and how we can solve that problem. So when we think about niching, it's not just creating an avatar on paper. It's getting your hands in there with that person, getting up, up close and personal who are they? What is the problem that they're having? How can you solve it? And putting yourself at the center of that niche. What do you want to do? What do you want to talk about? Who do you want to work with? And I want to talk for a second about why I say that it is a trigger. A lot of times, you know, when we're just getting going, we will work with anyone and everybody because we need money. We need experience. Uh, we need to try things out. And so we there's a fear around niching that if I say no, right, I'm turning away business. And if I turn away that business, well, then no other business is going to come after it. You know, we have this fear of, of, of um, narrowing down and saying no because there's a, there's a, we don't have the faith or the trust yet that something else better is going to come along. Does that make sense? It totally does. And I'm just thinking about that even comes – I've had clients come to me and say, well, I'm scared that there isn't enough clients out there. Or I'm not going to mm-hmm. make enough money. And they're working themselves into the ground and it just exhausted working with all the people because they're scared of having not enough. Exactly. And so, you know, we have this pressure. We have this fear. We're doing, you know, what the books are telling us to do and we're getting this great avatar on paper. But we're disconnecting from our purpose from what we want to do, who we want to work with, the problems we want to solve. And so, you know, when we when we 
let go of the fear. And I know that's not that easy, but when we start to let go of that fear a little bit and relax around niching and instead kind of take a playful and exploratory approach towards it and just start to work with people. And you know what? When something doesn't feel right, it's okay to not work with that person or not solve that problem, you know? And then what happens over time and not that long, maybe let's give it a year, you know, of kind of playing and exploring, we start to naturally niche down because we start to see not only who we love working with, but where we shine in the problems that we solve. And so as we get closer and closer to that, we are developing our niche. And I will tell you, the faster that you niche, the faster that you grow. The less that you, less people or you work with problems you solve, the faster you will grow. Because now you know exactly who you're talking to, the problem that they need solved, and how to talk to them in a way that they're going to care. Mm, that's so brilliant. I love what you said there because it really is about diving in and actually doing the work. And I know this is something that I, in some ways I did well, mm-hmm. in some ways I didn't. Uh, I definitely have put a lot of focus on trying to build a following without really understanding what I was doing. That was a mistake that I made and I'm trying yeah. to still correct. <laughs> and one of the things that I did really well that helped yeah. me is, is just getting in there. So I love that you emphasize that. When I first started my business, I coached, I think about 30 people for free just to get a sense of what conversations do I like having? Who are the people I like talking to? What kinds of transitions do I like helping people through? What are the, what are the things that keep coming up? When are the, when do I helping people get real results? And to this day that I think was one of the smartest things I did in my business was really just doing it and seeing what happens. And there's a really big difference between doing it from a place of curiosity versus doing it from a place of fear. Yes, absolutely. And that's why we say like, let's take the pressure off. Let's talk about market research as playing right? Let's talk about niching as exploring and let's really bring that sense of play into it, you know, because I, I that kind of brings me to another, another really good point about mistakes we make, which is trying to force ourselves into boxes way too soon, right? You know, again, your first one to three years in your business, oh my goodness, it's going to change and evolve so drastically, you know, and the things you did in the first year, by year three, you're going to not even recognize those things. You're not even going to probably be doing them anymore, not even saying those things anymore. And so we need to allow our businesses and ourselves to evolve and not try to lock ourselves into a box and a commitment so soon. This is why, like I tell folks who are are spending a lot of time and money on business plans, you know, if you're applying for funding or or financing or a special program where you need that, fine. But I got to tell you, when you're making a business plan before being two or three years old in your business, it's all guess. It's all conjecture. You're, you're guessing. You got no, no data to work with, no facts. And it's going to look totally different. So different. That business plan goes out six months in, out the window, six months into your business. And so, you know, again, just not being afraid to evolve and don't lock yourself in, just like play and have fun and get to see what feels good and what feels right. Uh, And then, you know, you get to that point of finding your thing, of finding your magic, and then boof, things just take right off. I think we could all just take a collective big sigh (laughs) and just release some pressure. I know I can definitely feel that. Um, It is so, so big. And, you know, I – I say the same thing with people's goals, you know, people sometimes get so scared. They're like, I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it and what it's going to look like and how long it's going to take. And the truth is, like you just said, with the business plan, with any kind of a plan, it's going to change. It's going to evolve. And I think if we allow ourselves to take that pressure off uh, and just dive in and experiment and play, I think that's where the magic happens. And I think that's why, you know, mindset becomes so much more important than the strategy. 
Yes, 100%. I think it's like mindset is number one, skills and strategy are number two, but it really is, is mindset first, you know, and, and understanding that, uh, your business isn't, what do they say? Rome isn't built in a day. Like your business isn't built in a day. And it's really funny. I get a lot of folks uh, who who I work with who have this magical number, this six month number in their head. They all come to me and it's been years, Lisa, years I've been doing this and it's always the same, six months. I should be able to have an idea, go from idea to like flourishing business in six months. No, no. Three years, you know, five years, you know, with social media, if you're a quick learner, three years, you, you could. Uh, but no, your business isn't built that fast. Businesses just are not built that fast. Obviously, I'm not talking all businesses, right? But generally, you know, a lot of folks are starting service-based businesses, freelancing careers. You know, those are not built that fast. You know, we're not talking about, you know what? I was even going to say like the Facebooks of the world, but even the Facebooks of the world, it wasn't built overnight, right? It was a lot of time and studying and, and doing things wrong and figuring it out. You know, it, businesses take time to grow. And that's another kind of point of, of just, oh, just take a breath. All right. You don't have to try and cram three years worth of growth into six months. It's not realistic. And again, you're going to get back into forcing yourself into a box instead of allowing it to grow organically uh, based on what has value to you, based on what you love to do. Okay, I know you're speaking right to me, but <laughs> I really, really do feel like you're speaking right to my heart and I truly have tears in my eyes because mm. I don't know if anyone else can relate to this too, but I see these posts that are like, I built my six-figure business in 24 hours and seven figures in six months and all, you know, these people that are showing these ads and promoting these programs that are showing these, quote, overnight successes and and it can be so frustrating to be on the end of that and to be like, well, I'm doing this work and why isn't it working? And it's mm -hmm. just such a great reminder that things do take time to be built. And I know you're going to talk to us about, you know, revenue generating activities and you mentioned that busy work is a, is a, is a problem and we don't want to be doing that. But I love what you just said about the fact that it does take time to build something real. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe if anyone else is listening to this too and you're hearing what Lindsay said, maybe you can just reiterate that, Lindsay, one more time for those that speak right to our heart that need to hear that, that it might take time. That not only will it might, it, it will. Um, listen, folks that say I built a business from zero to, to seven figures in, in six months, it's just not true. The, the thing is, is that you're not often seeing the years behind that of building their audience, of crafting their message, of crafting their proprietary product or system. Um, or, you know what, there are a lot of folks that can put a really pretty website together and a really pretty sales funnel. And for sure, they can drive that initial first launch of, of you know, higher price products. Like, like, Oh, this sounds so harsh, but there's that whole concept of there's a sucker born every day. I'm sorry, it's harsh, but we will buy things when they're pretty and they look nice. And and so, yeah, there are people that are out there doing that. And, you know, listen, I'm going to say this, all the power to them. If you find a way to, to package what you've got and sell it, but I've seen, guys, it's been 20 years. I've seen a lot of garbage out there. And so you just got to look past the pretty pictures and you got to look at is, is this thing that's being sold of value? Does it have legs? Does it have longevity? You know, that's one thing. But also a lot of times we don't see the years, like two, three years behind that where they were developing their audience and, and, and their messaging and all that. And then they go, oh, I launched this thing and in six months I was here, but you've been doing it for three years behind the scenes. So that's not 
fair. But I'm going to say something. I think that those people also feel the pressure to have to repeat that message because that is that, you know, sort of perpetuating cycle that we're in right now, this whole, you got to build fast, you got to be the best, you got to be the top. And I think it's just this really toxic cycle in entrepreneurship, especially online entrepreneurship, uh, where you do have to have this magical seven figure or at least six figure number within six months, or you're considered a failure. Like, OMG. (laughs) No. (laughs) I think I just want to say thank you for sharing that and for just giving us that permission to know that it's going to take time. And you caught me there. I said, it might take time. And you were like, no, it will take time. So thank you for catching that. And thank you for, for reminding me. Because see, even I try and soften this stuff for myself because I'm like, oh, but maybe it won't. But it will. It's going to take time. And, um, mm. and so thank you for sharing that. I'm curious. Like, why do you think we fall into this trap of needing more wanting, you know, more followers, um, more more revenue, have, have it happen faster why do you think that is? Oh boy, that is a loaded question, Lisa. So, I mean, our culture is set up that way. Social media is set up that way. <laughs> um, we know, we know there's studies out there that talk about the addictive, you know, habits or, or, or sort of elements to social media. Um, I think that there is a really high, like unreasonably high expectation of avoiding failure at all costs. And so we can never be perceived to be a failure. You know, I think that there's also a lot of aspirational, um, you know, programs or, or people or messages out there that we should be aspiring to be more and aspiring to be the best, you know, live your best life. And I think that uh, we have, as a society, we have started to place more value on how things look than on how we feel. And so living your best life, you know, on social media that looks like vacations and cute puppies and all the best fashion and food. the newest toys, like you know, but how do you <laughs> feel? Food. Oh my God. Don't get me wrong. There, I mean, I am addicted to smoothie bowl posts and plant posts. Okay. <laughs> they are my weakness. Smoothie bowls and plants. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like there is that aspirational, but you know, what are we aspiring to? Are we aspiring to looking polished, but you know, being disconnected from that authenticity and that vulnerability and realness, you know, or I, I, you know, I'm, I don't know how globally, I don't know, but certainly in my circles, I'm experiencing a real backlash to that perfection where people are craving connection, realness, vulnerability. Um, And so now we're starting to really focus on how do I want to feel, right? What, you know, what is aspirationally, what is that joy I want to feel, that happiness I want to bring in? And so, you know, it's kind of like, how do I say this? Like there's two ways you can go. You can either buy into sort of that toxic, as I said, uh, perfectly curated kind of look out there where there's no failure and everything's perfect and you grow fast, or you can get real and connect with the, the folks who are also real about the struggles. You know, entrepreneurship is no joke, friends. It is hard AF. Okay. It takes time. It takes a lot of putting ourselves out there, taking risks, being uncomfortable, making sacrifices, you know, but this is why I talk about, you know, we can't just talk about the the avatar on paper, right? Like what is that deeper purpose, that impact you want to make? What do you want to do? Who do you want to talk to? Because my goodness, if you're going to put in the time and the work, it's got to be something you love to have that, that endurance, right? So, so yeah, when it comes to striving for perfection or striving for fulfillment, you know, you have to make that choice for you, 
what it is that you're you're aspiring to and then which role models you're following for that this is why I'm so grateful to have you on here because I think we are so aligned on this and I find the same thing with with any goal really you know people come in, into my programs or come to work with me and they're they want to lose weight or they want to make six figures or have this title but so often and it's the same thing I think with business you know you think you want to like you said that six month mark or have a certain number of followers and we don't always remember the connection about like what that's actually going to do to us. So one of the questions I like to ask people is how long after you achieve your goal will it take for you to be happy afterwards? Mm. Because so often we just think it's about the more or it's about the number or it's about the title and forget about what the actual feeling is that we want and what we're trying to create with our lives. Because living our best lives, you know, I, I say that and I try, I know it's a cliche, but I, I, it's really about what that means to you. And it's not, it has nothing to do with how it looks on the outside. It's all about how it feels on the inside. So I love that you just took something that I, that I share so much and brought that right to business mm -hmm. because it's super important that through our businesses, we haven't, and this is where, you know, you asked, I heard you say around niching, you specifically said, who do we love working with? Where do we shine? What are the problems you want to solve? Notice none of that is like, how many followers do you want? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, how much money do you want to make? It's like really getting into the, the juice and the meat and the, the love that we have in ourselves and that that then evolves through our business and how we show up for our clients. So thank you for sharing that. And and also got a, a big clap for the building a business is hard AF. Oh my <laughs> gosh, for sure. Like I pushed a baby out. I I've written a lot of hard things, and for me, I find building a business has been the best personal growth journey because of all the fears and the putting myself out there, and all of these having to check in with all these things around my own ego and my fears and procrastination and excuses. And I struggle with all the things, and you guys know I'm pretty open about that. Mm -hmm. I I want to be. Um, so thank you for bringing that up, Lindsay. It's so awesome. Right? I mean, can we just talk about imposter syndrome for a second? Like, yeah, I was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Let's do it>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for a long time, I said, I don't struggle from this. And then now I know I do. So can you tell us what imposter syndrome is? <laughs> Absolutely. So imposter syndrome uh, boils down to the, the belief that you haven't earned your success that you've got, or you don't deserve it in some way. It is this deep feeling uh, that you are a fraud and that any moment everyone's going to find out that you have no idea what you're doing. So, okay, when I heard that description, for, I got to say this, uh, that didn't really resonate with me for a long time, mm -hmm. for like years and years. I was like, oh, all these other women and their imposter syndrome, that sucks for them. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and, then, and then I just want to share this, like real life examples of where I've um, where I've struggled with this. So even, you know, last night I had a beautiful friend of mine share a YouTube video that we did and she's got a pretty big audience and she posted it, this video about me talk, her and I talking about goal setting mistakes and how to, how to correct those. And I noticed almost right away there was comments and likes and, and stuff. And I could feel my imposter syndrome coming up being like, oh my gosh, people are going to realize I don't know what I'm talking about. Or what if I said the wrong thing? Or like all these thoughts started coming up. And like, that is an interesting thing for imposter syndrome where I talk about goals all the time for years now and I never had, I didn't have that come up every time, but last night on a new platform in a new arena with a bigger following that came up mm -hmm. and I realized to myself, I was like, this is why I don't have 10 million followers yet is because I'm not ready personally. Yeah. Do you know what? This is so interesting. Okay. So imposter syndrome, obviously it comes up the most when we are out of our comfort zones, when we are stretching beyond ourselves, which that makes sense for you. Goals is like your sweet spot. There's no imposter syndrome there. Right. But the minute you go onto the YouTube, oh my God, you know, 
know, and I was talking with someone uh, the other day, actually, it was like literally three days ago. And we were talking about um, like, like when people don't, uh, when people are not experiencing imposter syndrome, she said, I bet you it's because they're not stretching enough. They're not doing, they're coming out of their comfort zones enough. And it was like, oh, that's an interesting perspective. I'm very curious to kind of investigate that a little bit. And is that the reason? Is it that you're, you're playing safe? I, here's my interpretation on this is I think imposter syndrome can – I love that reframe there that if you're feeling imposter syndrome, it's because you're getting out of your comfort zone. I think that's amazing and that's where imposter syndrome is really great. I know personally I've also experienced imposter syndrome where it's held me back mm-hmm. and I haven't applied for something because I'm not ready yet or I don't know enough yet or I've held back from inviting people to come work with me because I don't feel like I'm at their level yet. And I mm. think there's probably times where imposter syndrome – can positively it can be a positive indication that we're doing big things and as long as we don't let it hold us back it can be really powerful and there's times I know for me definitely where my imposter syndrome has impacted my success in a negative way and unless I pick up on that and recognize that that's not the truth that it's not true that I'm not ready and that if people don't want to work with me they're just going to say no I can still ask mm-hmm. right as long as I can see it for what it is an imposter syndrome and not the truth that I then hold on yeah. to it's going to hold me back. I love it. I love it because this sounds exactly like what we talked about in the imposter syndrome workshop we did for your uh, Golden Girls community. Yes, that's exactly it, right? <laughs> like it is, yeah. yeah, side note, plug for the Golden Girls community. If you're not a part of it yet, go join because you're going to get access to a bomb <laughs> imposter syndrome workshop. But yeah, we we talked about that. We talked about um, it's a lie, right? Connecting to the lie that imposter syndrome is uh, and, and finding the truth in that so that we don't crumble because here's the thing, friends, the more successful you are, the more imposter syndrome is going to kick in. Okay. It doesn't go away because the bigger that we get, the more it's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And so we, we cannot stay small. We cannot crumble under the weight of that self-doubt. We have to develop the tools and the resilience and the support system to be able to lean on and 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 utilize to, to step out of that imposter syndrome or, oh my gosh, nothing great would ever happen. So what is your biggest tip if you're facing imposter syndrome? Anyone listening to this, if you're, if you're coming up against that, how do you overcome it to to get the success you want as an entrepreneur. Okay, the biggest tip for overcoming imposter syndrome is an entrepreneur as an entrepreneur uh, is going to be first of all uh, we're gonna go a little deep here, friends, a little deep. Uh, when it's first of all connecting to it and and recognizing when it is at play. Uh, what are you avoiding? How are you procrastinating? For some people, they hide. For others, they become overly aggressive and assertive to compensate. Uh, so just recognizing when it's at play in your decision making and your actions and reactions, uh, and then getting getting real about what the self-talk is you know what are you saying to yourself uh what is that voice whispering in your ear you know if you can track that to somebody else because oftentimes the voices in our ears are not ours those little gremlins come from you know parents or you know media or teachers you know things often from when we're kids if anyone does any any personal growth work we know most of this garbage comes from when we're kids you know so just kind of trying to connect to where that voice comes from and starting to recognize that it's not your voice and it probably is not even true anymore uh, and so when we can see the lie in that voice, then we want to really connect to that truth. All right. 
read client testimonials, talk to your biggest cheerleaders. I always talk about getting into the magic of what you do. Go work with someone, go get on a podcast, go do a Facebook live, you know, get into that magic of what you do so that you can use that action to springboard you out of that lie. Because it's just a lie. It's just an old story that's trying to keep you safe and trying to keep you small. So we can recognize it, ditch it, get in the magic of what you do and just keep moving forward. I just love everything you say. Thank you. That's so brilliant. <laughs> get in the magic what you do. And I love that you emphasize, obviously, going deep. That's super important, recognizing that. And also the action. I think those two things, let me put those two things together. It is like peanut butter and jelly. It is where the magic is, right? So good. Right? You have. Can I just tell you? I'm, I was going to say, just uh, sorry, I'm totally interrupting you for a second. I wanted to share, you know, there have been three times in my business. My, my business itself is six years old. I've been doing this a long time, but my business just came into the world six years ago. And there were three points uh, along the six-year journey to, to this point, and I expect that there will be more, where whether it's imposter syndrome or like if you get into the woo, like there were some vibrational shifts happening for me. You know, I was, I was on the precipice of a big leap forward. And I remember there would be days, friends, where I was working while my entire body was shaking and vibrating. And there was a shake in my voice because it was just so real. And I could feel that, that big giant leap that I was in the middle of taking. I had jumped, chosen to jump off that cliff and down, you know, not down, up, up I was flying. And that is scary. And, you know, we talk, who is it? Marianne Williamson that talks about like our greatest fear isn't failure. Our greatest fear is being awesome. I don't know. That was a terrible prayer phrase. Uh, look her up. She's got a great quote. Uh, but, you know, we talk about that not the fear of failure, but the fear of, of massive success, of massive growth, because that level of exposure can be really scary for a lot of people. And so failure is almost easier to mitigate than massive success. And so, you know, I've been at that, you will be at that point where you decide to go for it and take that big leap and understand that it might feel uncomfortable. And there might be days where you're vibrating through your entire day and just taking deep breaths and lots of walks and just trying not to lose your nerve while you take those big leaps. And, and it, it is very real. And every one of you is going to be a face with a time where you can shrink or you can leap and it's going to feel uncomfortable lean on your biggest cheerleaders, talk it out, meditate, go for walks, exercise, whatever you need to do to continue that momentum forward and not shrink back. Wow. Shrink or a leap. <laughs> shrink mm -hmm. or a leap. That's so good. This is a slightly different direction than I originally thought we'd go, but let's go down mm -hmm. this for a, a minute here. So I think there's two perspectives on this and I'm curious what your what your thoughts are. So I've and I know some of you guys listening to this are going to – because I know you guys talk to me about this and you say, yeah, I know all, my business will get better or my life will get better. Everything will be better when I just have more followers or if I just get more engagement mm -hmm. or if I have more people on my list. When I have more success, then my business will grow. Why isn't that always true? And I get the sense that there's you know, definitely this success thing and then there's also – what the actual work is. So do you want to maybe talk about this in mm -hmm. terms of the, the fear of success? Oh, I do. You're going to give me a minute to let my brain wrap around that question. So we're talking about 
the the this belief when i have more followers things will be better and connecting that to the fear of success you know what i think it comes down to what i had said earlier about exposure uh to get more followers and, and actually you know what? i'm gonna hit hit pause on that because the word followers is a little dehumanizing uh let's talk about audience to grow your audience it requires you to put out real content of, of value and substance that people can relate to and connect to, which means we all need to be more vulnerable and more real, which means that we have that, you know, Brene Brown talks about the vulnerability hangover. We have that level of exposure and putting ourselves out there. Imposter syndrome kicks in like it's just a domino effect. And I think that for a lot of people, we we sit and we stew and we spiral in that and it stops us from ever hitting record from ever hitting post rate like 20 steps back because we're already thinking 20 steps forward and the fear around that exposure right yes yes i think fear of failure is what most people automatically think of but i do see, think that fear of success actually holds people back more than we even realize because it just means more it just means the world's going to get more of you and that can feel really unsafe and also unknown Right. And again, you know, we talked earlier about the pressure and, and I think that the more our audience grows, the more we're seen as a leader or an influencer or an authority or an expert, we put more pressure on ourselves to be even more perfect and have it all together and have all the answers. And so it's like, we just sort of lose that nerve because we think that again, that's where you're going to see that imposter syndrome kick in. Who am I? Who am I to do that? Who am I? Why would people listen to me? You know, and so I think it, I really do think it's all sort of a hot jumble of, of, of elements all. It's like, I keep thinking of us like, like we call it like a trash, like a, what's it called? A trash fire? What's it called? Trash fire? That's not it. I don't know. Remember, I'm not cool. I don't know any of those. There's a, there's a phrase that the kids use, but it's like a, it's like a hot. <laughs> you know what I do? Know? I have Garbage no chill. Fire? That's, I know that. I have no chill. <laughs> Zero chill, zero chill. I was, I was, I was on a flight yesterday, and I was sitting in an emergency exit, and the gentleman was talking about how to like take the emergency door off, turn it sideways, and throw it out the window. And I was like, "You mean yeet it out the window? Like I know that I gotta yeet this door out the window if there's an emergency. <laughs> so I know yeet. <laughs> I'm cool, kids. I'm cool. Uh, <laughs> we are super hip, anyway. by the way. Which I think when we use the word hip, it means we're not. But that's okay. I know. I think we're like 20 years today. But yeah, but getting back to that, I think it's just, I think it's a whole jumble of a bunch of different things, but I think it comes down to ultimately um, exposure and more success means more exposure and that is uncomfortable and that can feel unsafe and unknown. And I think that's when people shrink subconsciously, unconsciously. I think that, that we shrink uh, because of that unknown exposure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I, and I have women that say things like, well, if I'm already, or sometimes they realize, sometimes they don't, you know, I'm already this busy. What if I had more? Like yes. I'm already not, you know, I already have 45 unread text messages. Like how, what do I do when I have a thousand and all these DMs and how am I ever going to handle it? Or there's also fear of, you know, what would my family think or what would my, how, how would my relationships change? How my friendships change? There's a lot of that too. So thanks for diving into that. I know that was a little different than what we were thinking about connecting to you, but I think it's worth bringing in here because we can always go back to what you were sharing with us around imposter syndrome. You know, how is this showing up? What's the self-talk connecting to the truth and cheerleading to get into your magic because we are all mm -hmm. so capable and we can only, we should use imposter syndrome as an indication that we're doing the right things and we're stepping out of our comfort zone and not as permission to hold ourselves back from what, what we're capable mm -hmm. of. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And understand that relationships are going to change, friends. You're leveling up. You're leveling up. You're you're graduating to different levels in your life. Relationships are going to change. New ones are going to come in. Ones that no longer serve you are probably going to leave. That, that, you know, this sounds so terrible, but it's like, that's the price of success. I mean, that is the price of success because your vibration is going to change. Your mindset is going to change. Everything is going to change. And so, you know, what ends up happening is we have less time for toxic people. We have less time for negativity. We have less time for things that don't matter to us or are or, or, or in line with our values. That's not a bad thing. I, you know, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. And so allow for that. Allow for the amazingness to come into your life and the things that no longer serve you to leave when it's time for them to leave. This is just another reason why I love you because I just think what you share is so much more than just business. Um but you are my go-to on business because you know the thing. I know. Do you want to talk? Do you want to talk business? I know. <laughs> well, okay. So here, let's let's go here because I'm curious about this. So, I'm I'm convinced, and well, I'm like, okay, full disclosure. I'm about 98% convinced, and I'm sure you'll share things with me to get me over this hump here. Now I hear you. I don't need a bigger following or a bigger audience or more mm-hmm. engagement. That's not how my business is going to grow. So. What is going to help my business actually grow? Yes, yeah, and I want to. I want to preface that. You know, you talked about that earlier. You said you went out and worked with three, uh, thirty people for free to just get some traction, to get some understand your market, understand your offerings. Right? Listen, that's what's going to build your business. Working with people. But am I saying don't build your following, don't build your audience? Heck no. Heck no. Build your list. Build your audience. That there is so much money in that for you, revenue and potential revenue and referrals and opportunities. Build your list, build your audience. Absolutely. But understand that in your first few years of your business, if your main revenue isn't coming through social media followers, okay, then you have to do other things around that. And that's where we talk about those RGAs, right? Those revenue generating activities. And it's often things like, yeah, like getting out and networking strategically so that you're getting in front of the people, your potential clients, I call them your PPCs, your perfect potential clients. You want to get in front of them. You want to you wanna get to know them and what their problems are and the language they're using and how you can best serve them so that you can connect with them faster, bring them in, work with them. Every time you work with somebody, oh my goodness, you're going to collect more data so that you could do it even better and talk to them even more strategically and tar- in a targeted way. So yeah, things like networking, things like community building, you know, there's building your audience, building your list, and then there's building a community. Okay. Can you talk about what that difference is? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Okay. So let's talk about community building. Okay. So community build. So when we have a list that tends to be a one-way communication, right? We are sending an email out and people are reading that email if we're lucky. All right. Same with on social media. We are posting and people will like, maybe they'll share, sometimes they'll engage. When you have a community, that is more about creating a container of multi-directional communication. So whether you're doing a Facebook group or you're creating a cool app or you know, you've got an in real life group of some sort, but you've got a container where you're putting everybody who is just a super fan or they're those cheerleaders and champions for you. They may work with you one day, they may not. They may be your biggest referral, they may open doors to new opportunities. It's a totally different model or or, or dynamic than just a one-way communication that is social media or emails. Does that make sense? 
Yes, it does. Where where do I put them? So, okay, let's talk about rat. Can we talk about rad connectors for a second? Yes, yes. Okay. okay, yes. And you are a great example of this. Yes. So I have a community called Rad Connectors. Okay, my company is called The Radical Connector. That is me. My company, or sorry, my community is Rad Connectors because it is full of people who are super rad and want to connect. And so I have a Facebook group and they come into this group and it is a place. So the, the tagline of the group is supporting your entrepreneurial journey inside and out. And so I bring in experts. I share stuff. It's all about developing your business skills while also developing yourself as an entrepreneur, right? We talk about that mindset and that personal growth. So that's the foundation of this community and what brings people into it. Then once they're inside, oh my gosh, we have a Rolodex where they get to add themselves. They get to work with each other, get business, hire other people. We have events in real life. We have events online. We have people doing like, they're, they're becoming best friends. They're collaborating on projects together. They're sharing resources. If they need something, they ask and the community responds. It becomes, as I said, this multi-directional communication, this whole community of people that are here having fun, supporting each other, growing together, you know, making friends, doing their thing. So that doesn't happen on an email list. That doesn't happen on an Instagram account right? And so again, email lists and Instagram accounts, very important. I am not saying don't build them 100%. You have to have that as a part of your strategy. But when you have a community, it's a very different thing. You know, it's a great way to establish yourself as an expert, uh, as somebody who's a leader. It absolutely will drive business and referrals and open up opportunities to you that you wouldn't have otherwise had access to. And of course, tons of support. It's a great way to collect data and understand your market even more. It's a great place to test out new new programs or products, right? So it's just having a community like that, it, it is so beneficial to your business growth and also your business acumen and establishing yourself as a leader and an expert in what you do. Love that. Thank you for sharing that distinction. Mm -hmm. And I've got to say, the Ride Connectors is phenomenal. Such a great group of people. And Lindsay, you are – you practice what you preach, which is another reason why I'm such a big fan of you and why you know I wanted to have you on the podcast because you do what you say and you show up as a leader. Every event that I go to that Lindsay is speaking at, she asks the audience, who are the rad connectors? And everyone that's in her group, we put up our hands and it's like, hey, hey, I see you. I see you. Yeah, let's cool. Let's, let's be friends. And she really does go above and beyond to create community and to really build up a culture of inclusivity and getting things done and rad people connecting and building businesses. So you definitely do an incredible job of that. And I'll make sure as well that there's a link in the show notes to the rad connectors. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a great community. Go yeah. Perfect. Yes. We'd, love, we'd love to have you. And I, and you know, I, I, it used to just be for entrepreneurs and now I'm opening up to entrepreneurs as well. You know, the, the, the people that want to start a business one day. Right. But yes. So we talked about the networking, but doing it again strategically, we talked about, and when I say strategically, it's thinking about who you want to meet, where they're hanging out, what you're going to say when you meet them, you know, how you're going to follow up with them. You know, you want to really be strategic and intentional there. Uh, we talked about community building and then public speaking is another really great way to build your business. And public speaking can be on things like podcasts or Insta stories or Facebook lives. It can be in real life on panels or keynotes or workshops. You know, the, the three things that I talk about all the time, networking, community building, and public speaking are some of the fastest, most importantly, cheapest uh, and easiest ways to start to build your business, uh, grow your network, and establish yourself as an expert. Uh, and then the social media 
media and list building is a complementary part of building your business because guess what friends in a few years when you've really nailed down your proprietary products or services you've got your market your niche you know exactly what to say to them and how to say it guess what you're going to want to create a one-to-many product you're going to get ready to scale your business scale your services you're going to be really happy you've been building your audience and your list the whole time so you still have to do it but you just have to remember what brings in money and what uh, am i building for future future development Okay, I've got to ask two questions here because I can imagine what people listening might be thinking. So first one, networking, community building, public speaking. What for the about the introverts? I know for me, I'm like, this is my jam. I can do this all day and do nothing else. What about the introverts? Like how do they do mm-hmm. this in a way that feels good for them? Okay, I got to tell you, you guys, I did like the Myers-Briggs the test and I am 96% extrovert, okay? Super I'm, I'm 100%. <laughs> okay. I believe it. I believe it. this is why you and I get along so well. It's also why whenever we get into a room together, the roof blows off. Okay. <laughs> so that's it. But you know what's really funny? I don't know if you've heard of the HSP, the highly sensitive personality. Or highly no, sensitive tell person. me. Okay. It's super cool. Look it up. HSP, high sensitive person. Get the book. It's really awesome. Uh, it is all about how the brain doesn't block out um, as many sort of signals and, and incoming information uh, during brain development. It just, it just, didn't develop the same way. And so people who are HSP, they are taking in a lot more data. Lights are brighter, noise is louder. You know what I mean? People are picking up more on people's body language. You're, you're, you need to be more sensitive to feelings. You can sometimes get a lot of chronic pain. It's a really, really neat thing. When I first learned about this, I read it in a magazine somewhere and it said, you know, do you find that you have to go to a dark, quiet room to recharge? And I was like, oh my God, yes. And so I dove into it and I'm like, this is 100% what I feel. So imagine being an extrovert who also is super easily overwhelmed by lots of noise, lots of crowds, lots of sensations, right? So even though I'm not an introvert, I 100% can relate to it because that stuff exhausts me, okay? So absolutely, I love working with introverts or people who have social anxiety or are shy because I can relate to you. Y'all, I get it. I feel you. So, you know, my advice is don't go to giant networking events. Go to small, intimate ones. You know, say, I'm going to talk to two people and then I'm going to give myself permission to go home. You don't have to talk to every person in that room. You know, if it comes to public speaking, if you know it's going to be a drain on you, give yourself a buffer day before and after so that you can recharge. You know, it really comes down to what do you need and then give that to yourself. Don't think you have to compete with the extroverts. You don't have to. You can do it your way in a way that feels really good for you. Mm, Yes, that's so good. I also want to say one of the things – I'm also an extrovert, but I've done a lot of reading on introverts because a lot of my friends are introverts and my clients Mm -hmm. have been introverts. And one of the things that I really believe is that introversion also, there's there's such a gift to that too. Mm -hmm. And that I, so many people that I just, the introverts that I know, they can connect to people on such a deeper level faster Mm -hmm. and so personally than I may be able to. Um, So I would say that there's so many gifts in that too and the ability to have really great one-on-one conversations and the ability to connect with people and the ability to see people um, and and really get them fast. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's such a gift. So I think that thanks for everything that you shared there. And I, I believe that 
what you said there, you know, do what works for you, lean into that, lean into your strengths. Cause there's a lot of strengths there and you just, you network, you community build, you public speak on your terms in ways that feel good for you. And it's not yeah. only for extroverts, it's, it's for everybody, any, any human anyways. It is. It absolutely is. And remember that introverts and extroverts, it just means as introverts, you get your energy from being alone and extroverts, you get your energy from being with people. That's all it means. If we're talking about anxiety or shyness or HSP or overwhelm and imposter syndrome, those are other things and those can be managed and dealt with, right? So, you know, I I think that I just don't, I would hate to see somebody get really hung up on labels and think that it's a no-go for them when it is something that they really can learn to manage in a way that feels good for them and honors them, uh, but they don't have to be trapped by it or in a prison by it. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for highlighting that. This is the strategy, these tips can really be for everybody if you know what works for you and you can um, lean into your strengths and work through those challenges in a way that feels good for you. Yeah. So here is my other kind of resistance or thing that I wonder if other people are thinking this too. Okay, so I'm supposed to be networking and community building and public speaking. um, And I should also be growing my audience and I have to be delivering my clients. Like, oh, all the things again. (laughs) Yep. What's the the question? (laughs) Do you want to just silently scream for a few minutes? I just want to say help. Help. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, okay. You want me to, you want me to answer what I assume is your question, which is how the heck do we do it? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So this is why I talk about RGAs over busy work. Uh, and I talk about, no, don't post four days, a, uh, four times a day on social media because busy work, there's essential busy work and non-essential busy work. And you're absolutely right. There's so, you guys, what did we just say? Entrepreneurship is hard AF. You pushed a baby out of you, Lisa, and you still think this is harder. Okay. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so so it is hard. And that's, again, why we say you got to love what you do because gosh darn, you're going to be working so hard. Okay. So the first thing that I want you all to do right now is stop trying to cram years worth of business building into months. Okay. This is why I say- Can you it, say that one more time? Yes. Stop trying to cram years worth of business building into months. When I say it takes time to build a business, what you just said is exactly why. Because there is so much to do, but also there's so much to learn and there's so much of our own internal stuff that we got to work through. So let's all just agree to take our foot off the gas a little bit here and not put so much pressure on ourselves to make things happen so darn fast. All right? Then we have to we have to develop and Lisa, I know you and I are the exact same on this. We have to develop that thing. What is the one thing that we're focusing on right now? And then based on that one thing that we're focusing on, what is the things whether the the RGAs, the non-essential busy work, the busy work, what is the stuff around that that I need to focus on? And this is a part of entrepreneurial maturity, okay? We have to get good at taking things off of our plate and putting ideas on the shelf until we have the space to do them. This is why, again, we need to stretch this out over years because we cannot, I, I always say, you can do everything, you just can't do it all at the same time. Okay. Yes. So all yeah. your great, right? All your great ideas. You know what? You'll get to them. And okay, I gotta tell you, you're not gonna get to all of them. Life's short, but you're gonna get to the ones that count, the ones that matter to you. Okay. 
But sometimes like I have a wall in my office that is all post-it notes of ideas. I don't act on every idea. Otherwise, it's like shiny object syndrome. I'd never get anything done. So I have a wall where my ideas go. And when they're time, I pull them off and I do them. Pick your focus. Think about the RGAs that will serve that. Friends, RGAs need to be where you spend most of your time in your business because if you're not making money, you're not going to sustain your growth and you're not going to be able to, you just, your, your business will die. Your business will, will close. So you focus on your RGAs, you focus on your essential busy work, and you try to get rid of that non-essential busy work as much as possible so that you can grow but still maintain your mental health and your social life and family life. And health and all the things, hey? All the things. All the things. So I heard you say, you know, overposting on social media, tweaking your website over and over again. What are some of the other things that may distract us from what really is important? Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So – Yes, overposting on social, like doing, like again, blogging is great, great for SEO, great for building your audience. You know, do like one a month and then repurpose it all month. You don't have to have one come out every every week, okay? You know, um, and again, I'm not a, I'm not saying I'm a social media building expert, and everyone's business is different, but I'm just kind of trying to give you guys some perspective here. You know, you know, post once a week on social media. You know, um, what else have we got? We got website. You know, things like. Uh, <laughs> There's so many little things we do. Like I've decided that I'm going to learn QuickBooks this week. Okay. I mean, it is important, but instead of spending a whole week learning QuickBooks, can you spend two months learning QuickBooks and make more room for those RGAs? You know what I mean? Because everything feels urgent and important. But again, do we have to do it all right now? Or can I just work on it a little bit and stretch out the learning over time so I have more room for RGAs? So I think it's more about looking at how much time we're giving to busy work and can we spend less time over a longer length of time to make more room for RGAs. Oh my gosh. Preach it, girl. Preach it, preach it, preach it. So much, yes. Raising the roof. In the last three episodes, episode seven, eight, and nine of the Golden Girls podcast, we're all about time. And that's one of the biggest questions that I encourage us to ask is like, what is your capacity? How much time do you actually have? And then the question is, what are you spending your time on? So how do you suggest entrepreneurs get real? Because I think it's, it's easy for me to be like, yeah, well, everything I'm doing is important. Everything is urgent. But how do I... And how does everyone listening? Like, how do we actually know if we're doing the right thing? How do we have that real talk with ourselves? Is it making you money? (laughs) Okay. The thing that makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you know, if you're into astrology, I'm a Capricorn. We like to make money. We're good at making money. Listen, is it making money? Okay. The thing that makes me laugh the most, laugh, also shake my fist at the universe, is when people tell me I'm going to make time. I have to do this thing. I'm going to make time. I got to get this done. I'm going to make time. Friends, you cannot make time. 24 hours in a day. That's it. That's what you got. And so it's like we need to prioritize. We need to make sacrifices. We need to take things out of our schedules to make room for the things that count. So when you say, how do I know if it's the right thing? Is it making me money? You know, listen, that's the assumption that you want your business to make money. Everyone's businesses are in different place. Maybe right now you're not worried about revenue. Maybe you legitimately need to get your website built because you're an e-commerce store and you cannot sell without a website. So then if that's your priority, get your website built. Don't do the other things that are just a distraction, all right, that are taking you off of your main focus. And so if it's I need revenue, 
then what are you doing? What are your RGAs? How are you generating revenue? If it's to get your site built, maybe you want to develop your public speaking career. And so you need to nail down your keynote, get that thing written, get practicing it, get it recorded, get your video promo uh, reel made, you know, whatever your thing is, your focus right now, pick that focus and then do it and get really, really good at noticing when you're doing that busy work. And friends, I'm going to tell you oftentimes we're doing the busy work because we're afraid of doing the real thing, right? We talked about imposter syndrome. We talked about all that already. So if you're procrastinating, if you're avoiding, you got to look at why and you got to do what you got to do to get through that so that you can get back to doing the things that matter. They're going to help you bring that one focus into reality. Holy moly. Yes, I can relate to all of that. I've noticed, and this is something that I recommend with procrastination, if you notice yourself procrastinating, look at the trends. What do you keep procrastinating on and why is that? Mm-hmm. And I 100% procrastinate on things that are the harder things, the things that mm-hmm. are scary, the things that I'm like, oh, I don't really know if I'm going to do a good enough job on this. And so it's super – I love that you just brought that up because it's like I'm I'm not the Netflix and, and binger. Um, mm. I almost said Netflix and chill because I didn't even know what that meant until like a year ago and I've been saying it for a long time. But anyways, <laughs> remember, no chill over here. Um, <laughs> okay. The opposite. What I say, what I say, Lisa, is Netflix and avoid. It's Netflix and avoid. Uh, so that's not my problem. My problem is do more, do more, do more, do more, add to the list, do busy, be like, that is where, that is where I lean into personally. Um, so I'm sure there are the Netflix and avoiders listening. And then I am pretty sure I'm not the only one here that also just leans into trying to make other things better and perfect and, and while avoiding the things that are actually going to make a difference. Because we think that if we're busy, that that means we're successful. That means that that counts like busy work doesn't count right? But the busier we are, the more we think that we're working towards yeah. that goal, the more we think we're going to make money. And it, it, it's just not true. I mean, for all those that don't want to work hard, can I get a hallelujah? Because guess what? Busy work doesn't matter. It doesn't count, right? All that counts is the, is the work that you're doing that actually brings results in. So y'all don't have to work so darn hard. You really don't. Okay. All right. I'm all in for, for working less hard. That sounds pretty darn good to me. So here's a question for you. You're six mm-hmm. years in and congratulations, by the way. That's Thank uh, you. That's amazing. Go girl. Love it. Woot woot. If you were starting your business from scratch now in, in 2020, where would you start and what would you focus on? List building. 100% list building. Uh, you know what? A lot of folks think, well, I don't have something to send them. Okay. It's okay. Just start building your list. Just just start collecting emails. Build your list. Okay. That's something I wish I had done. Now, to be fair, who I was six years ago is not who I am. So the people that were on that would have been on that list six years ago probably would, well, most likely would not be on that list anymore. But still, build your list and build your audience. Absolutely do that right from the beginning. But, you know, I really wouldn't change. Okay, well, to be fair, this isn't my first business, so I kind of knew what to do. But like, I, I wouldn't, here's what I wouldn't change. And here's what I would recommend. Take your time and play. Network your buns off, build that community, do lots of public speaking, and just be in the trenches with your market and talking about what you do. Because when you're talking about it over and over and you're working and you're speaking and you're getting these clients, you're you're just going to niche so much faster, which is what we talked about. And then you're going to be able to, in the end, flip that and grow so much faster. Also, the more that you work, the faster you'll develop your own signature program or products, right? Your own, your own proprietary sort of system. So again, just list building, 
audience building, and then just play. Get in the trenches and just play as much as you can until you find your thing. Okay, the other thing I was going to say too is that mindset is huge. Like like work with whether it's it's a course or a coach or a program, you know, there's this thing where we have to do it ourselves. You know, we have to be a self-made business owner, right? Ugh, I hate that, self-made. I'm not self-made. It took a community to get me to where I am. You know, it's going to take a community to get you to where you are, okay? So also work with people who can help you get there and also who can help you with your mindset. Because as we said, mindset is number one. You are going to get in your way way more than anything else on this planet will. Okay, so working on that mindset and then also learning the skills that you're missing, it's going to speed up your growth. So good. Uh, One of the things that you said that I just want to pull out here, uh, I know sometimes people say, well, I just want to have a digital business or create the passive income, you know, like Mm -hmm. Brenda Bouchard and Rachel Hollis and Amy Porterfield. Why don't you recommend people just try doing that? Or like, why is that? Why is that the hard long route to just Okay. So you can. I'm not saying don't do it. You can, but there's a saying passive income is anything but passive. Do y'all know how hard those people work? <laughs> it's it's not that I just create a program and then that's it, right? But here's where Amy Porterfield and Brandy Bouchard or you know more For- Marie Forleo or, or all these brilliant people. I, I'm a big fan of Gabby Bernstein. You know, all of these people have been at it for like 10 years plus. And that's what we don't see as an outsider looking in. We don't see that decade of the learning and the growth and the perfecting their message, their thing, understanding their audience, right? And so you can go ahead and just create an online thing. Go for it. I'm not telling you not to. I'm not saying it's not going to work. It just depends on your business and it depends on your goals and your outcome. But, you know, for me, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to build an empire. I wanted to build a great big business with legacy and longevity that would just be incredible. So I was willing to take the time to really understand my market and the problems and how I could best solve those. So if I were to skip that step and just go right into online marketing and creating a product, I'm guessing. Actually, I'll share an anecdote. When I first started my business, it was actually a networking business. It was called the Networking Boutique. And I had this mission to teach people how to network, how to connect. And I really wanted to help entrepreneurs grow their businesses through networking. The problem was I was doing all corporate gigs and post-secondary workshops, and I wasn't accessing first-time entrepreneurs because they didn't care. They thought they were networking. They didn't care about networking. They didn't see the connection between networking and building a business. So, you know, I was like, I'm going to create this online program. I'm going to have this whole thing. And for the first two years of my business, I was all about the networking boutique and teaching entrepreneurs how to network. They didn't care. They weren't connecting with me. And so I realized I was addressing the wrong problem and I was saying the wrong things. And so I actually rebranded. I started to change up what I was saying. And that, by the way, came to me because when I would work with entrepreneurs, they didn't care about networking, but they had no sales system. They didn't know how to do sales or they were overwhelmed and didn't know how to access their audience, right? I was starting to understand the real problems I had to address through my work with them, which allowed me to pivot, allowed me to rebrand and allowed me to change my messaging and my programs. And so what I thought was going to be this really badass, you know, networking uh, school, networking course became my other main flagship uh, program, Irresistible Entrepreneurs Academy. That would have never happened if I had just guessed and started pumping out content and putting it online. Having that those first few years in the trenches with my my people, my market was essential to what is growing now. 
Thank you for sharing that. I think that's so great to hear. And just to remind us that in order to create something scalable and something really big, first we have to figure out what we're doing and who we're helping and how we're doing it. And it might change over time. So I love that you said, you know, that mindset of building an empire. I think that's such a great way. I I try and think about that too, that I'm here for the long term. And that's where, you know, seeing these things that like build your business seven figures in 18 months. Oh, okay. But I, you know, I think there's also so much power in looking at over the long term and saying, how can I get really, really good at this and know it so well that then I can share it with more and more people and grow it. But Mm -hmm. first the step is to, to do it well, to, to get in the trenches, to, to do the real work and to know your people. Oh, so well. Yeah. It's it's all about understanding your market and what they care about and the problems that, like I said, your sweet spot, where you shine, right. And, And then how you can talk to them. And what do you love? Who do you love working with? Yes. Who, and what do you want to talk about all day long? What problems do you want to solve all day long? All day long. All day long. I want to talk about goals. That's oh, All day, every day, <laughs> right? Mindset. I love it. All day. Yeah, totally. My poor husband, he's like, oh, aren't you done after 10 hours? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right? Okay. So uh, one more little tweak to that question, and that is what if you were doing your business as a side hustle? How would your plan look different? Because I know a lot of people are – in their nine to fives and, or maybe they're full-time parents and they're trying to create something on the side. What is, how would you do that? So it's obviously going to be slower. And first of all, what we've been saying this whole way through, which is give yourself a break and let it, let it take the time it's going to take. You know, you've got other priorities right now and that's fine. Right. When you're, when you're thinking about your idea, you know, I just, again, it's getting in the magic of what you do. It's getting out and connecting. It's all the same advice, just getting out and connecting, talking about it, doing it. You know, again, I don't want to tell people don't do things online, go and create some online workshops, go create a group coaching program, you know, go do all that, go put it online don't expect to make millions. Don't expect it to be instant passive revenue and that you're going to instantly find your thing, but get out there and try it online in real life. Just try it. And every time you do something, what works, what doesn't, what works, what doesn't, and keep pivoting until you find your thing. And so even somebody who's working part-time, it's the same thing. The only added, you know, added sort of caveat to that is give yourself a break and understand it's going to be a slower build and that's okay. That's okay. Man, we got nothing but time. Life's going to go in one direction, right? So just take your time and, and, and follow that light within you. Follow that joy and what feels good. Follow what feels good. Isn't that just some of the best life advice though too? And it's uh, life advice is business advice. They're really good stuff, right? Follow what feels really good. I love that you said that about just taking the pressure off because if you're already overwhelmed, if you're listening to this and you're like, how do I do even more? More is not the key. More is not what's going to help you. Mm -hmm. The key is to reframe your mind and give yourself permission to slow it down and to know that it might take you longer and that's okay. And like you said, life life is long. Like life is short, but life is long and the time is going to pass. So five years, 10 years, 15 years, it will pass. And you're going to be so happy that you didn't burn yourself out in the first six mm-hmm. months and then never try again, or that you persisted and, and built it in, in your business in a way that was sustainable for you or, or whatever goal you're working on, right? But this is very specific to business and entrepreneurship. You're going to be so happy that you didn't give up and so happy that that you did keep going and did it in a way that felt good for you instead of burning out, crashing, and then thinking there's something wrong with you or thinking that you're just not good enough at business or you're never going to figure it out. So um, you've just given us so much permission to take pressure off of us to give ourselves breaks, to give ourselves a break, really, and to just follow what feels really good. Absolutely. If y'all haven't read The Tipping Point yet, I recommend it as well. It's a great book. Uh, 
but it talks about again the tipping point when when you know all the work and all the hustle and all the grind gets to that point of uh when it just it goes on its own you know it just that tipping point happens and boof off it goes and things become a lot easier it's going to be the same in your business you're going to feel like you're working so hard and nothing is working and then all of a sudden oh that worked oh wait a minute oh that worked oh hang on that was really easy and your business will hit a tipping point where it will take off and grow with much less effort on your part um so stick with it you know resilience is such an important part of business and setting realistic expectations for how long things take. And when you understand that it's not six months, it's three to five years, and you could just take the pressure off and just sort of fastidiously work towards feeling good, but also what's effective and what you love to do, you will hit that tipping point where it will take off. And I got to say though, if you've been in business three years plus and you've not hit that tipping point, you've not found your thing, you need to you need to work with somebody who can help you with that because something is not working. Something is, is not working with what you're doing um, and you're not learning fast enough. Okay. It's all about how fast you learn. So speaking of learning, this is a segue that I wasn't even planning on, but I think we can go here. Talk to me about your your training because you have an amazing free training, seven mind-blowing reasons your business isn't growing, which I've taken and definitely took away some notes and I'm, I'm working on one key RGA from that. Tell me more about it. Like what, who's that for? <laughs> okay. So this training is for anyone that's working their butt off and not making money. I mean, straight up, they're, they're working their butts off and they're not growing. And yeah, it's the seven mind blowing reasons your business isn't growing and what the heck you can do about it. And it really is breaking down seven key things that you're missing. Uh, you know, I often talk about it. It's not, it's not you, it's what you're doing, you know, and we just got to find what's broken. And so I take you through these seven things and then I give you, uh, whether it's a series of questions or some sort of action to get into, to help you get aligned so that you can start getting in the right direction and doing the right things. It's not you, it's what you're doing. So good. Like tattoo that on your forehead there, Lindsay. So good. <laughs> so we are going to link to that in the show notes there. And I also have it at lisamishow.com forward slash seven reasons. You can grab it there. Um, it was really helpful. And Lindsay, everything you create is just amazing. Now you also have an, a program called Irresistible Entrepreneurs Academy. And full disclosure, you guys, I'm, I'm a proud affiliate for Lindsay's program. I have been just learning so much from her and seeing her program and you probably notice she's sassy and she flips advice on its head <laughs> and it works. And Lindsay, I think is this fireball, um, just this perfect mix between the strategy and the mindset and also the, the love that you need to do this and the like curiosity mm -hmm. and let's just, let's just figure this out and we can do this. Um, so tell us a little more about Irresistible Entrepreneurs Academy and yeah, wh who, who that's for. That was amazing. I loved how you said the love and let's just figure this out. That's, and that, that really is, that sums up the program. You know, it, it is, uh, it's an online program. Uh, it's, it's a combination of sort of a DIY. There's, there's videos and workbooks and all these wonderful things, but we also meet bi-weekly live as a group. And it's a really magical group of people uh, that just we're figuring it out together. And it really is for those folks who are generally under three years so that they're over a year into their business. So they've got their idea. They kind of know more or less where they're going and who they want to work with. But there's that sense that something isn't working. I'm not growing the way I know I can. I'm not 
making money even though I'm working my buns off. And so I developed this program. Again, this is like 20 years of experience boiled down. This is, this is my brain boiled down into a program where it really is the education of you and your business. This is a business school. And it takes you through all the important elements that you need to be able to build your business. So, you know, the very first module we start off with, uh, the module is called Stop Tripping on Your Words, What Do You Do? Because I'll talk to people 10, 15 years into their business and they still can't answer what do you do at a networking event in a, in a way that is clear and, you know, relatable and whatever. And so like we start off right off the bat, we get in there with what the heck do you do anyways and how do you talk about it in a way that's going to attract your PPCs, your perfect potential clients, you know, and then from there we go into this really, again, I've, I've formatted it really specifically. Each module builds on the next one and it's taking you through building the foundation elements of your business. You know, what are your revenue streams? What's your revenue stream ladder looking like over the next five years? You know, we talk about your RGAs. How are you going to build a community? We get really strategic with your public speaking, your networking. And then as you said, the whole way through, we're talking about mindset. You know, my job here isn't to teach you. I'm not giving you a template to follow. I'm teaching you how to think like a business person, think strategically, and I'm teaching you the skills that you need to go out and build a business. So it's just, oh my God, I love it. It's the best program ever. It's my, it's my baby. Oh, you know what? It is, uh, the stuff that I've learned from you is so good. And exactly what you just said, it builds upon each other and you, you also make it really human and help us see, not from a place of judgment, from a place of love of like, okay, I can this better. I can make this happen better. So, and I know you've had some amazing results from people in your program that have figured out, made, made tweaks and uh, created successful businesses. So it's only open for a little bit longer, right? When, when do the doors close? So, so it's actually in a really neat place right now. So the, the doors close to registration for new students on November 30th, uh, this year, 2019, and it will be opening again in March. So it's also going to be getting, um, it's going to be getting an upgrade. We're going to be including a social summit in the, in the upgraded program because as I said uh, it is important to use the, the the awesome tool that is the internet and social media but in a way that is strategic and serves your business needs now not in the future and so not only you're getting those foundational elements that we're going to be teaching you how to build a business you're going to also hear from some of the best in list building and lead generation and you know sales funnels and SEO and ads manager Facebook ads manager I'm bringing in some great experts and so it's really coming coming out into a full on business school so that you will be set for those four, first few years in your business. Um, the price is also going to be getting a nice big upgrade. And so I'm super psyched because anybody that joins before uh, the end of the month by, by November 30th, they're going to get an automatic upgrade to that new, new full program at the introductory price. So I'm pretty psyched about that. So definitely for folks that are, are feeling like I'm working my buns off. I, I have this vision. I know what I want to do. I've got this empire that I want to build, but I just don't know how to get there. Now's the time that you're going to want to check this out. If it's right for you, you're going to want to jump in uh, and then get all the magic. Mm, that's so great. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, there's a reason why I wanted to talk to you. There's a reason why I connect with you. There's a reason why when people come to me for business questions, I'm like, go to Lindsay. And it's because I feel like you do teach people how to think like a business owner. And that being said, you don't just teach people a bunch of templates. 
I really believe that you have such a different approach to business than so many people, and I think that's why your students are successful. I think that's why you're successful, and I believe that you're helping people build a business. It's going to last a long time. Like mm-hmm. you're helping people build empires here, which is so yeah. so big, and also making sure that they have the mindset to take them through that because yeah. this crap is freaking hard. It is hard. <laughs> oh my god, yes. yes. So we we need the support, we need the community, and we need yeah. champions like you leading us. So um, yeah. the link to Lindsay's Irresistible Entrepreneurs Academy is in the show notes. You can also go to lisamishow.com forward slash entrepreneurs academy. All the links are there. Um, Lindsay, thank you so much for this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Where else can people find you? Come join Rad Connectors. That's the best place. Yeah. I mean, I'm all over social under Radical Lens, Radical L-I-N-D-S, uh, but just join Rad Connectors and come hang out with us. I am I am super accessible. Most people can book a call with me uh, just to talk, just to be like, here's where I'm stuck or here's where I'm nervous or excited. I'm really accessible. So come join the community and then, yeah, let's hang out. Are you guys hearing how much time on revenue generating activities, RGAs, Lindsay spends? Like, listen to how she just practices what she preaches. So amazing. Okay. Now I didn't tell you this was coming, but I want to do a little lightning round. Um, so quick answers here. All right. Um, Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Tell me what's one goal you're working on right now. Mm, Irresistible Entrepreneurs Academy really, really blowing it up to its full potential. Cool. What's one thing you can't live without? (laughs) Chocolate. Oh, good one. Good one. What is your morning? Do you mean in business or in life? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to guess chocolate shows up in both. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it shows up in both. Okay, sorry. Uh, what is my morning routine? Okay, so I get up and I go to kickboxing and then I have a smoothie and I meditate and then I might review some emails or read or hang out and then by 11 o'clock I start my day. And that's right, friends. I don't start my day till 11 a.m., my work day. I just want to hug you and kiss you right now because you're fabulous. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. All right. Really serious question here. Poutine. Are you a cheese curds or a shredded, cur- shredded cheese girl? I hate poutine. It's the grossest thing on the planet. Okay. Friendship <laughs> off. Goodbye. <laughs> Kick me out of Canada. I'm sorry. I don't like it. It's so gross. <laughs> okay. I clearly don't do a good enough job of vetting my podcast guests. My apologies, guys. <laughs> I like, you know, I like fries and gravy, but this cheese curd is just, it's just too much. It's just too much people. Oh my gosh. I just don't even know where to go with that. That was, that totally blindsided me. I've been, I've been shocked. Okay. Well, I'm a big poutine lover. Um, and, uh, next time I'm going to check that with my guests up front. (laughs) So Lindsay, you're lucky you made the cut girl. (laughs) um, What would you go back and tell your 20 year old self? Divorce him. (sighs) Oh, I feel like there might be another topic on All right. Um, and yeah. what is one dream that's still in your heart that you're going to make happen? Uh, one dream still in my heart that I'm going to make happen. Oh, my gosh. You know what? There's actually a lot. Um, I'm going to say have a family. So beautiful. Amazing. Oh my gosh. I can't even tell you. For a talk about business, I feel like I've been on the verge of tears or goosebumps or fist pumping for so much of this, Lindsay. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for being so fun and relatable and for really giving us permission to take the pressure off ourselves. Like You don't even know how much I, I know for me that means a lot and I'm sure for those of us listening too, I think sometimes we are our own worst enemies and you just made us all breathe a collective sigh of relief and made us laugh. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. 
Thank you. And you guys check out, okay, you you got options here. Join Lindsay's Rad Connectors community. It is awesome. I am in there too and I'm a proud Rad Connector. Uh, check out her free training, Seven Mind-Blowing Reasons Your Business Isn't Growing. I guarantee you're going to learn at least one or two or maybe all seven that you're doing that you can change and do better. And if you're looking for incredible support and a business coach that walks the talk, that teaches you how to grow a real business um, on social and more importantly beyond to actually making money, Lindsay's Irresistible Entrepreneurs Academy, an incredible stuff that she's doing here. And you guys are going to want to get in before the deadline. And you know, if you're listening to this, by the way, in the new year, I'm sure it's still going to be worth the upgraded price because Lindsay knows her stuff and she is so um, all about adding value, value, value. So anytime you're listening to this, it's going to be worth joining. But I mean, if you can get mm-hmm. in while well, it's still at a, a cheaper price, hey, that's a beautiful thing. So make sure you don't miss out on that. I'll, and I'll tell you something. So if, if you're listening in the new year and the price has gone up, and if you message me and say, hey, I heard your podcast uh, from Lisa's Gold, Golden Girls. Can you work something out for me? You just give me a shout. We'll work something out. Oh, my gosh. I just want to hug you right through here. Don't you guys just love her? Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to stop the love fest over here because I can go on all day. But um, thank you. That really means the world to me. Thank you for doing that for, for our community, for our listeners. Um and for our humans. So thanks so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Amazing. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If something spoke to you, send me a message by sharing this episode and tagging me on social media. If you know someone who would love to hear this episode, please share it with them too. Because I love surprises, make sure you subscribe to the Golden Girls podcast today. It's the only way to find out about bonus surprise episodes and make sure you don't miss a single beat on your golden journey. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode of the Golden Girls Podcast.